Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Penelope's Jealous Heart. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's winner was Magnolia from Concord, California, with her correct answer of This Is My Father's World from the story Pearson's Painful Punishment. Great job, Magnolia! All right, it's time for this week's story, Penelope's Jealous Heart. Big Church had just dismissed the children to Sunday school, and Pearson, Penelope, Patience, and Priscilla were weaving their way through the sanctuary to their classrooms. Each of them was ardent in their love for Sunday school, and they anticipated it with great elation. It was hard to know which teacher in which grade was the very best, because they all had unique qualities and especially loved teaching the children the word every week. That being said, though, the present always holds greater weight because of its position in the memory, so Pearson and Penelope especially loved Mrs. Spear, their current Sunday school teacher. She was fun and kind, but also firm, and she told the narratives in the Bible with passionate attention to detail. This morning, the story was on Joseph and his brothers. Mrs. Spear expounded about how Joseph had dreams and shared the dreams with his brothers and his father, Jacob. Joseph, in his prophetic dreams, was raised above his entire family, though he was almost the youngest. That didn't set well with his brothers, or his dad either. We don't know why Joseph shared his dreams, not once, Mrs. Spear explained, but twice with his brothers and dad. His brothers were distraught and angry over his dreams. It seemed to them to be injudicious for him to have shared a second time but the Bible doesn't comment on whether this is good or bad. If Joseph shared out of pride, then that's bad. But it is possible he simply shared out of naivete. However, it is good to remember to think about our reasons for sharing things. Are you sharing as a way of bragging or boasting? The question Mrs. Spear posed to the class was obviously a rhetorical question. Nevertheless, as always happens when teachers of elementary students ask rhetorical questions, Hands shot up all over the classroom. Hmm, that question was meant more as a statement, but I'm happy to hear a few shares. Tommy Patton was one of the students who had raised his hand. Well, it wasn't exactly that he had raised his hand. He had practically waved it like an aircraft marshaller, directing a 747 in for a landing. Mrs. Spear and the rest of the students could hardly help but notice him. So it was that Mrs. Spear called on him first. Tommy was so excited to be sharing that he almost shouted, I remember the time when I was playing basketball and my brother Nathan thought he was the super best, but he wasn't, and he kept telling me he was and bragging and stuff, and then... Tommy was stopped in mid-sentence because Nathan, who also happened to be in the class, objected loudly with a, Nuh-uh! I did not brag, and I am better than you, Tommy, and you know it! Mrs. Spear intervened. She admonished the brothers to stop talking and spoke into their lives with a bit of biblical wisdom, reminding them that when they share sin, they should share it about themselves. She gave one more opportunity for an answer to the other children, who saw the interruption as their opportunity to shine. Isabel, tell me what you'd like to share. Okay, well one time I was walking home with someone, and she kept saying she's faster than me, only she's not faster than me. I'm faster than she is, 
But she kept bragging and boasting, and I won in the end because I beat her. Self-control was the only reason Mrs. Spear didn't smack her forehead with her palm. The class was beginning to lose their self-control and get out of control. But Mrs. Spear was quick to clap her hands and rein them in. Now listen up, class. We've all gotten a bit higgly-piggly. The class laughed raucously. (laughs) Mrs. Spear often used her made-up word whenever the class began to turn chaotic. But she was a veteran teacher, so she knew how to handle it. All right, class, let's get back to Joseph. I think you're all missing the point a little bit. Our fallen human flesh that we all have is at war in every way. It is universal that all people want at all times to find little nuggets about themselves to show off to others. It is imperative that as God's holy people, his royal priesthood, that we resist our desires to show our own greatness. We must show restraint when talking about ourselves at all times in all places. Speak only those things that will decidedly point your audience to God alone and away from your glory and to his glory. It is a very great and mighty offense to the Lord when we try to take his glory even a little bit. One of my go-to verses, when I'm getting too big for my britches, is Psalm 115.1, which says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. So if you're better than someone else at walking, or worse, at basketball, always keep in mind that your view of yourself should be of a little account to ourselves. We should always remember that any giftedness of any kind is not worthy of any attention whatsoever. Deflect all the glory to God because everything you possess, including your talents, is from God. You did nothing to earn it. Okay, now that we've pointed that out, I want to draw your attention to the jealousy of Joseph's brothers. We've all been jealous at one time or another, haven't we? Instantly, hands shot up all around the room again. This time, though, Mrs. Spear made it clear that this was a rhetorical question and she wouldn't be calling on anyone. She immediately responded, I mean to say, we all have been jealous. It is also universal. You might know of someone who is similar enough to you, but with just a little more giftedness in a way that you would want, but you don't have. That was Joseph with his brothers, and they were jealous of him. They longed for their father's affections, which isn't a bad thing, but it was inordinately. Yes, Tommy? Mrs. Spears sighed at the interruption. (sighs) She couldn't ignore Tommy's hand, which was once again waving around. This time it looked more like he was trying to swat an invisible mosquito. He looked quite satisfied when he was permitted to speak. What's inordinately? Oh, boy. Well, inordinately means your desires are all out of order. Jacob loved all of his sons. But he showed favoritism toward Joseph and Benjamin. And I'm not saying that's right. But what I am saying is, don't make someone's affection an idol. That is, don't make that so important in your life. Be content with God's will. Which I understand is not always easy. But that is our goal. And the Bible commands it. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. In other words, be satisfied with what God has given you. And you can be satisfied. Why? Because God will never leave you. Isn't that great news? 
If you find that you can be content with the way God has planned for things in your life, then you won't struggle with jealousy as much. Let me give you an example from my own life. When I was a young girl, all I wanted to do in the whole wide world was to be able to ice skate like my neighbor. We both went to the same ice rink and we both took lessons, but she was so far superior to me. And when people remarked like, Denise is so good at ice skating, I would find little ways to cut her down, very subtly, without people knowing. I would cunningly say things like, Yeah, she's good, but did you hear how she fell down at the competition last week? Poor thing. Or I'd say something snotty, without it sounding snotty, of course, like, Oh yeah, she's good, but that's all she spends her time doing. She doesn't really have a life outside the ice rink. That was just me being jealous. And I had to confess that to God and ask him to change my heart. I see a lot of hands have been raised, and I'm certain you have questions like this. But I just want you to be content with the details I've shared and to ask God to help you not be jealous of others. I'd like to also remind you that when someone's speaking, whether it's me or one of you, we must take the time to listen to them and not raise our hands while they're speaking because that's rude. Everyone slowly dropped their raised hands into their laps knowing that Mrs. Spear wasn't going to take any more questions or comments. Soon after, she released the children to the playground. Once on the playground, Penelope began to play on the monkey bars with Susie Whitman. Susie was Penelope's age, and she always looked perfect with her blonde curls and her dresses, which never seemed to have the slightest wrinkle. Of course, she didn't have any siblings, so she received all of the attention of her parents, who seemingly had lots of time to ensure that she looked wonderful all the time. I love Mrs. Spear. Her stories are so good, Penelope commented to Susie as they played together. I know. I love her too, Susie sang. Susie had a wonderful singing voice, and so she was always singing. How do you sing so well, Susie? Penelope asked. She admired Susie's voice, but it amused her that she was constantly singing. I've been taking lessons since I was four. I just love to sing, Susie sang once again. I kind of take lessons, too, when I do piano with Mama Peters. She has me sing a lot because she says she wants me to learn to control my singing voice. Mama Peters is a wonderful singer. Well, sing a song for me, then. I can tell you if you sing well, Susie encouraged. Oh, I I, I could never... Penelope felt nervous. She did love to sing, but she didn't want to sing in front of anyone but family because she was unsure of how her singing might be received. Oh, come on, Penelope, Susie urged. Just do it. Sing the song we sang at church this morning, More Love to Thee, O Christ. Okay, Penelope said hesitantly. And then she began. More love to thee, O Christ. More love to thee. Penelope sang it with all her heart, trying not to look directly at Susie for fear. When she finished, she looked up expectantly. Well, Penelope, that was really good. But there were some places where I think you could do better. Like you didn't carry the last note long enough, and you were also a little bit off-key at the first part. But once you got going, it was great. Oddly enough, Penelope didn't feel complimented, though Susie seemed to be genuine in her assessment. Penelope was defensive and answered, Well, thanks, Susie. I I wasn't really able to sing out loud. I I think I could have done a lot better. Just then, 
and thankfully, Mrs. Spear rang the bell. It was time to go back to the classroom. Susie skipped off blithely singing, Here we go inside, it's time to learn some more. And Penelope, of course, noted that she sounded like she was trying to be especially loud. Once inside, Mrs. Spear laughed. <laughs> You've got such a nice voice, Susie. Boy, did that great on Penelope. And inwardly, she felt the eyes of her heart glaring hard at Susie. Her thoughts were judgmental ones. Susie, you were just fishing for a compliment, trying to be loud so Mrs. Spear could hear you sing. Those were the kinds of thoughts that were going through Penelope's head. And only she and God could see them. She stared at the back of Susie's head. But Susie was blissfully unaware of any reprisals waged by Penelope. And she smiled, a bit syrupy, and looked at Mrs. Spear. Mrs. Spear, thank you very much. She sang and held the note until Penelope thought she was going to gag. But Mrs. Spear laughed again. <laughs> and then sang, You're very welcome, and now it's time to actually sing. So would you like to help me? Susie needed no urging and quickly took her place in front of the class and helped Mrs. Spear sing the hymns that the Sunday school class was learning. Everyone, well, but for Penelope, sang heartily, who felt her skin crawling as little Miss Sunshine Susie, as she had dubbed her in her mind, led with hand motions. Penelope's mood had fully soured and seemed to be completely irreversible. She spent the rest of the class thinking about how Susie did have a good voice, and Penelope thought, if I'd had a teacher since I was three, just like little Miss Sunshine Susie, I wouldn't have any problem holding out the notes longer, too. Ugh! Penelope just could not seem to get out of this thought cycle. After the class had ended and church was over for the morning, the Peters were on their way home, sharing about what they had learned in Sunday school. Penelope knew she couldn't hide her bad mood. And she was right, because it wasn't long until Daddy and Mama Peters, through their skillful questioning, were able to read between the lines and draw out exactly what had happened. So, Penelope, you're jealous of Susie and her talents, and you're angry with God because he hasn't given you the same talent or the same amount of talent. Am I right in understanding this? Daddy Peters asked. He was able to draw that conclusion from Penelope's acrid monologue of her time in Sunday school that day. Oh, Daddy Peters, I'm not angry with God, and I, and I don't think I'm jealous. I just get tired of everyone complimenting Susie all the time. I mean, it's super annoying. I mean, you'd probably be annoyed too, Daddy Peters. Like, we get it. She has a good voice. Okay, you're great. Why does everyone need to keep pointing it out? Penelope answered, not feeling particularly humble or open to the possibility that she was indeed jealous. The irony, of course, was that she didn't even realize her speech gave it away, that she was most assuredly jealous. Hmm. Well, Pen. I can understand that just a little bit. It's amazing how slight a degree of flattery will awaken feelings of deep-seated conceit. Very few people in the world can bear praise properly. It is like when we tell you not to call the twins cute to their faces or laugh at them openly when they aren't attempting to be funny because people, big and little, drink in flattery naturally. Much caution must be taken to preserve people from hearing anything that will tempt to destroy the best of traits and that's humility. But that's not really our job with Susie. 
she's going to encounter praise all of her life for her lovely voice. Because it is lovely. I've heard her, and I'm amazed by the gift that God has given her. But it's not our job to keep her humble. We don't know where her heart is. It is our job to simply hear her and turn and praise God for the good gifts he has dispensed of his own volition. And when we're angry, we are angry ultimately at God, Nellie. Job 42.2 says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. That means no purpose of God's can be stopped. Mama Peters picked up where Daddy Peters left off. It isn't wise to praise Susie for the gift that God has given. It's one thing to compliment her and say, good job today, but it's also good to find ways to thank God in front of Susie for her gift. So I like to say things like, I enjoyed your singing today, Susie, because it made me worship God as I thought about the words you sang. Or, I'm thankful that God has given you a gift that blesses others. Those are good ways to give compliments. It reminds us of who gives the gift, and it spares the hearer of having to combat undue praise. But like Daddy Peter says, it sounds more like you're jealous rather than concerned for Susie's heart in this. Penelope, who had listened attentively to Daddy Peter's and then to Mama Peter's, was hit like a lightning bolt. She realized that she was jealous of Susie. She didn't ever really think about it until she sang for Susie and heard Susie offer points of improvement. She didn't want to be instructed by Susie, of all people. She felt she was better than that. And it was quite sudden that Penelope's eyes began to fill with tears. In her mind's eye, she pictured Jesus, who had listened to more insults than anyone should ever have to listen to. And he had done nothing to deserve it. He was perfect, but he didn't retaliate. She thought of 1 Peter 2.23. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to one who judges justly. And when he was beaten and slapped and spit on, he didn't respond angrily. The Pharisees, they were jealous of Jesus, and they had heaped him with insults and accusations. And Jesus, who was completely perfect, did not even try to argue. He didn't say anything to defend himself, and he didn't try to get back at the Pharisees. On the contrary, Penelope thought, Jesus opened his arms and died on the cross and stands ready to forgive any who come to him. Penelope felt hot tears flow down her cheeks. I know, Daddy Peters. You're right. I was jealous of Susie. I wanted to sing better than her. I don't want anyone to compliment her anymore. So I judged her. I thought, you're just singing loud so, so Mrs. So, so, so Mrs. Spear can hear you. And I remember our Bible verse from just this week, Mama Peters. James 4.11, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. And Mama Peters and Daddy Peters and I was a judge today. And I get what you're saying, Mama Peters, when you were explaining this verse. We're not supposed to judge other Christians when God hasn't. Because then that makes us making our, that makes us like the Pharisees making up our own laws. It's like when Mrs. Brewer said that she doesn't go to movies and she acted very, very biased about it. And we're not supposed to judge her because she has to answer to God for that. Do you remember, Mama Peters? Oh, Nellie, 
Praise the Lord, he softened your heart, sweetie, Mama Peters remarked. She had tears of her own flowing down her cheeks. I judge Susie. I decided that she must be drinking in the praise, like Daddy Peters said. And I decided just now that I should seek her advice in my singing. I want to sing better. And she told me a couple things that I could do better. So why would I feel, why would I feel angry about that? But I was proud. So I'm planning to ask her next week if she can give me some tips. Penelope continued without really pausing. Because often when the Lord brings a change to hearts, there's a strong desire to proclaim it to willing listeners. Nellie, we praise God that he showed you that. What do you think you ought to do with it? Daddy Peters asked, ever the practical one. I need to confess it to God, and I need to repent of it. And with that, Penelope silently prayed, genuine in her desire to be changed. And when she looked up, the whole car was looking at her expectantly. Penelope blushed. Oh, sorry, Nellie. We're just so encouraged when we see repentance. Right, everyone? That's right, Daddy P. Patience exclaimed. Everyone in the car cracked up. She had never called him Daddy P before. But Daddy Peters knew that Todd was the source of this moniker and that she was just mimicking him. Patience, I'm Daddy Peters, darling. It shows me proper respect when my children call me Daddy Peters and nothing more. Aye, aye, Daddy P. Patience pressed, all smiles and looking around for more laughs. Uh-oh. Patience, you've pushed it too far. Everyone laughed at you the first time, but you didn't receive it well. You played to your audience, and you have to be spanked when we get home for disobeying. Patience, adorably but sadly, lowered her head and began to cry. All discipline seems painful in the moment, sweet patience, Mama Peters encouraged. And when all arrived home, patience was disciplined and repented of her disrespect, which proceeded from a heart determined to get attention. Penelope said quietly, so as not to be heard by the twins. But Mama Peters, it really is hard not to call him cute, don't you think? Oh, I know, Pen. Haven't you seen how I often suppress my laughter? But I remember that one of my duties as a mom is to guard against the possibility that my kids think they do or say remarkable things and are superior in any way to other children. So we do our best to praise the Lord for them without praising them. But, and this is between you and me, Pen, they have got to be the cutest twins ever. And with that, she and Penelope high-fived in agreement. This is Grandmom's Corner. This week's story has been about Penelope's jealousy. However, jealousy stems from pride, and Penelope was jealous of Susie's singing voice. At the end of the story, pride was on display in the way Patience acted. After she referred to Daddy Peters as Daddy P, and everyone laughed, Daddy Peters admonished her not to call him that. But because she had gotten a laugh, her pride got in the way and she loved being the center of attention. So she disobeyed and called Daddy Peter's Daddy P again. Our center of attention should not be on self. There is nothing wrong with complimenting people or being complimented, but when we ruminate on the compliments and think about it over and over again, we've lost focus of who the Lord is in our lives. A couple of years ago, I found what I thought was a really cool pair of shoes online. So I bought them. 
They have a paisley design and they're kind of unusual. There was nothing wrong with me buying a pair of shoes for myself. And I got lots of compliments on them. But what began to happen was I would think about, oh, I wonder how many people will like this today. Or I'd be in church and I'd think, I wonder if anyone's seen my shoes. Now don't get me wrong, I was immediately chagrined by my thoughts and I had to tell the Lord I was sorry. A little thing like a compliment can make you lose focus and instead of focusing on the giver of those things, we start allowing those compliments and praise to go to our heads. Proverbs 16:18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Penelope had a haughty spirit when Susie merely suggested ways for her to sing better. Patience's pride in wanting to be the center of attention caused her to disobey. So we must be on guard and we must be on the lookout for those kinds of things that can cause us to lose focus and get our eyes on ourselves and off of God. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.